We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Jack Ramsey's part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I am your co-host, Danny Morang, joined as always by Brandon Sprague. What up, everybody? What's going on? <laughs> all right, Sprague. Uh, summer League, for all intensive purposes, God, I said that. Uh, I hate that commercial. Um, is basically over. Uh, their Blazers are going to get one, you know, here you go, have, have one more game kind of a situation. Um, we'll get into the mailbag part of this here shortly, but... Grand scheme, 30,000-foot takeaways from Summer League. Uh, Summer League was kind of what I was expecting. Uh, You know, a lot of run, a lot of minutes for the the vets who are probably looking to snag one of the roster spots, and I know we're going to get into that and whether that's going to happen anymore. And then also, (laughs) look, you got some unexpected play from Blakeney. Greg Brown, I was hoping to see the athleticism because that's one of the bigger selling points of Part of his development is it hey, is the selling point. I mean, really, it is. It's yeah. what a forty-four inch vert. It's got a forty-five inch vert at six ten, which is that doesn't happen, folks. That's a that's dunking on twelve feet, yeah, easily. So I, I would say it was about what I expected. Uh, I know Neil's really sad, and they're not going to be able to hoist a dynasty banner up. But... Well, it's not even going to be like an actual championship. Like there is, but the tournament style is gone. It's just the top teams of the top two records play for a weird title. It's like a tainted title now. Well, and then and you also ended up getting like young players that they, the teams are just like, he's done. He's done. He's not playing anymore. And that's always the bummer to me. And I get why teams would do it's it. It's the graduation level. Yeah, I, I know. But I, I love watching those guys play, man. Cause it's the purest, it's the purest NBA ball you're going to get before you get to the business yeah. and the show. It's just like guys balling their asses off fighting for contracts, fighting for livelihoods. We had an actual fight today. Chemezi had to gave it. Listen, this is a quick derail. If you undercut somebody or grab somebody defenseless in midair, what happens to you as the grabber over the next 30 seconds should be inadmissible in a court of law? Yeah. If somebody hauls off and knocks you the blank out, you had that one coming, homie. I, I, I have... It's it's a lot like blindsiding a guy in the NHL or NFL. Like, listen, man, there's just certain things you don't do. Pulling a guy in midair is, or undercutting a guy in midair. Nope, 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 nope. And, and shout out Metu because he got up with violence on his mind. There was no hesitation. He got up, went mm, bet, 
bet. <laughs> just hauled off and yeet. He didn't even hesitate, though. No. Like he, it wasn't like a hold me back. It was let me get up and punch this dude in the face. Yes. By the way, go Ducks. Like At least Oregon had an involvement <laughs> in something going on in summer league. They did, and guess who hit him? Fight on, baby. Yeah, a Trojan. Touche. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. You had Pac-12 blood going after each Love other it. today. Love it. By the way, can I also throw this out real quick? Not to sidetrack too much, because no, we do, do want to get to the questions, and I, I have to be done by 745 tonight. <laughs> Peyton Pritchard. The 92 piece? Well, I mean, wasn't it weird? Didn't we hear from the Celtics that he was shutting he was, it down? He was shutting it down due to personal reasons, and then like a week later, he's at my alma mater playing in a pro-am, scoring 92 points, 57 <laughs> today. Like Only 57? The Celtics okayed that? What is? Are we sure that was okay today? Is everybody just like, hey, Peyton Pritchard's playing. He might be putting his career in a bit of jeopardy, but, man, it's going to be dope to watch him play in the Pro-Am. <laughs> I, listen, man, when I saw that he, he was number one playing and he dropped 92, I was like, but why? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like if, if anybody is going to take anything from ESPN, it is don't be Jay Williams and do something stupid that messes with the bag. Yeah. And I know there's a difference between playing basketball and riding a motorcycle at 100 miles an hour and hitting a curb. I understand the differences. But you don't fumble the bag. You don't do that. Like, once the season starts, which the season has for, again, basically started. Yeah. Shut it down. If you're not hooping in NBA-sanctioned activity at this point, like, once your season is going, listen, if you're an old grizzled vet playing at Black Ops, whatever, and everybody there kind of knows, you know, what's what, that's, I think, a different story than playing in a pro-am where somebody wants to make a YouTube video and all of a sudden two pieces Peyton, Peyton Pritchard, you know? It's like, eh. But, but to be fair and to counter your point, if you could give people at a pro-am 92 <laughs> if you points. you get a 92 <laughs> And be like, hey, you want to know the difference between you and me? Watch this. Yeet. Yeah. It's. <sighs> Kobe did it. KD's done it. They do it every year in the Drew, Drew League. But like, that those Drew League runs were during uh, a labor lockout. True. True. But you still sometimes get the guys that will show up. Like, I think Harden was in it two years ago. Like, he played a game. Like, Yeah, and I think some of those guys up. have gotten that written into their contracts now. To stop doing that. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, if I was a team, I'd want to. Yeah, no, you don't want those guys doing that at all. No. There's just too many people, man. Like, it's just, if it's a league or, like, it's a a closed sanction kind of a deal, like, again, the Black Ops runs or the UCLA workouts, like, everybody goes to those in the summer. That's why you hear about half the dude in L, uh, half the league in LA, half the league in New York. That's what ends up happening because those are the two big closed, you know, pro runs. Um, but overall, summer league. Well, I want to hit. I want to hit this real quick before we get into it. Memorable Trailblazers summer league performances. What are your favorites, dude? I got to be honest with you. Without having stats, I'm going no, no, just str- just feeling just just straight off yeah. feel and watch. Look, we're gonna get to the ones who matter the most. I'm gonna tell you the one I I was like, by the stock. This dude, we are going to the chip. This dude is the guy. Quintel Woods. Oh, you went Quintel. See, I I thought you were 100% going J-Bay Bay. 
hundred percent. Jay Bebe is up there, but Quintel was like, I was like, oh my god, we got a community college gem. We got this kid. He's the best player in community college. And then he goes to the summer league and he's dropping buckets and he's getting the MVP. Cookie. He was what? Is he six seven? Is he six yeah. eight? And I'm like, this is exactly what you would want for an NBA franchise. And then the season, and then the career, and then I'm like, well, that was a big. And the whiff. <laughs> Quintel Woods more so than anybody else because, you know, with Bayless and, and Lillard and whatnot, I feel like everybody was in together. Quintel, it was like still people going, I don't know, man. C- community college really is going to be that good? Yeah. And I was sold. I, I, I thought he was going to be the guy. Bayless just being an unstoppable terror. Like you see this, you know, T-Rex armed yep. little monster get downhill and just number one you you don't see many little dudes in the league that jacked who was who was the the last like sneaky jacked point guard is it like is it jameer nelson Nelson, probably jameer nelson (laughs) and that's not even sneaky that was like obvious jacked somebody just shrunk ron artest (laughs) (laughs) shout out st john's i mean it's just that that's that's those guys but like bayless was yoked yeah super yoked and you just don't you don't see that all that often anymore unless you know you go play in miami for a couple years yeah oh weird um yeah i'm gonna i think i'm gonna go bayless you're gonna go bayless bayless was just i i I get what you're saying with woods yeah bayless was insane and i think i've told the story before the the most ridiculous moment i've ever seen was uh devin booker cooking luis montero just Endlessly talking trash. You told me you were sitting courtside right by him, oh, and you just heard him destroying him. Just yak, 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 yak. Here's what I'm going to do to you. Right, left, between the legs, split, yak. And he just yeah. does it. And he just did it to him. He was not even crossing half court yet and just giving I think he scored 16 or 18 straight on Montero, and that was when his career just disappeared beyond the other stuff. That's what, you know, definitely don't Google. Yeah. Um, but I think that kind of highlights some of the stuff you're talking about with the guys that went home. Yeah, yeah Sugg shut it down a little early because of the injury, but Jay, the Jalens across the board look incredible. Uh, they shut, obviously, Cade down after, what was he, 7 of 10 from 3. Hilariously, people are wondering if he could shoot. He didn't have anybody around him in college, folks. Right. This, this is what it looks like when he gets a little bit of space. He lost to Oregon State. Can we just say <laughs> let's give him, give him some help and give him a minute? Yeah, this is this is Steph Curry at Davidson type stuff, like just <laughs> or Jaw really at Murray State, like the stuff that you know primary ball handlers have to do at that level is a little bit higher. But like this year, you had those guys, and then I think the one that's going to surprise people this year in Chicago is Patrick Williams. He Patrick Williams, incredible. I'm really looking forward to him. Yes, he he was a good defender, and I like that you throw him into the rotation with the guys they just brought in. I. I, I Chicago's got to be... They're going to be fun. We don't know if they're going to be great or good, but they're going to be fun. Top three most interesting, just from a non-title like title contending position, I think you have to put Chicago in that category. So you've got a starting lineup of what? You're going to go Levine, DeRozan, Williams, Vooch. Who am I forgetting? You don't think Lonzo's going to start? Lonzo. There we go. That was, Lonzo's got to start. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm, I'm forgetting somebody here. Uh, but... The thing is, they they're between Lonzo Levine and DeRozan. What do you got? DLL there. Um, yeah. You you've got uh, 
kind of intermittent ball handling. Like, none of those guys are really perfect as the primary creator, but, mm-hmm. like, three above second option creators is actually kind of nice because you can attack from multiple angles. You can attack from different sets. Right. Um, in transition, I think they're going to be an absolute terror. But eh, it's it's going to be a fun team. But, yeah, that, those are the kind of guys that wrapped it up. And I guess we use that as a springboard here to kind of get into the questions. And we got a lot of them today. All right. Are we gonna, we're going to go with the Twitter ones first. Okay, let's do that. Some good uh, questions, man. Some really good questions. This from UO Ducks guy. Who's the second worst GM in the association? <laughs> I love this question. Okay, we, we debated this a little pre-pod. Mm-hmm. Now, I think Danny and I both kind of agree. The easy slam dunk response to this one is the Minnesota Timberwolves mm-hmm. and the Orlando Magic. But I think we have to take them out of this category specifically to say, okay, they're just so awful. And by the way, Orlando at least took subs, but they're so awful. Yeah. Let's it's not fair. And the T Wolves are I mean, Gerson Rosas Rosas is is still newer there. So let's see if he can get out of the ineptitude that has just been left in its terrible, terrible wake. So outside of those teams, who who who's done the worst job over the last few years? The last few years, man, I think this is uh, – you have to go playoff teams here. Don't you? Do, you? do you just go bottom feeder teams? Like, is it going to be that simple for you? Because I'll give you one that wasn't a playoff team, but they weren't necessarily the worst. I really think the pressure cooker's got to be in New Orleans right now with Langdon and Griffin. They, they didn't do the asset. The Zion that, pressure is, is the real. The Zion pressure is real, man. If they suck this year, and by the way, they're in my top three most interesting teams too. I got Chicago, Charlotte, and New Orleans. I'm all like fast. Those, those are elite pass teams. Absolutely. Yeah. But, you know, Willie Green, okay. You got Mike D'Antoni to come on as an advisor. You still have you still have Ingram. You have him with Zion. You made that weird Devontae Graham deal that not everybody understands. I, I don't know. I I'm you moved off Stephen Adams. You got Jonas. I just don't know where they're going. I don't know what their direction is as a team. And I think Zion is absolutely one of those players that it wouldn't shock me if he didn't sign his rookie extension like most players do. Ooh, spicy. He wants to go to New York. He basically said it last year, and he knew he shouldn't have said that. Yeah. And the thing is, like, how is that really going to work? It's just I, – I feel like if that does happen, the league is going to step in. Because New Orleans losing their last two superstars like that. Oh, yeah. I mean, the league gave them a solid. Yeah, it's just Chris Paul, then AD, and then Zion. I think the league might have to look at them like quite literally moving the franchise. I mean, they they should. Because they can't keep guys there. New Orleans shouldn't have a basketball team, if we're being honest. And it sucks because of Katrina and everything and and how that community kind of rallied around it. But. Let's be honest. It's a it's a football city. Well, yeah, I no. It, it's it's at LSU, the Saints. Like people care far yeah. more about what those teams are. Doing. I, I, I'm with you in that sense of like maybe the league should step in and and not allow something like to happen. But I can't help but think that is an absolute possibility that is looming for them. And so for that, 100 percent. And it's not a possibility. It is looming for them. Like that's you 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 can say that with authority. Like there's yeah there's real noise there. So in that vein, you're almost making me reconsider. 
Well, because obviously the bad teams are bad teams for reasons, and a lot of bad teams have, are have restarting, so it's still so young to really classify a bad team GM and say, like in Chicago, am I going Arturis? Am I going say? I think Arturis has done a good job, to be honest. I do too, and I know, but a lot of this is going to be based on wins and losses, not necessarily what you like on paper, right? Even then, I don't, I don't know if it necessarily is because they've been so bleepity bleeping cheap. Yeah, the Reinsdorf family has been a nightmare with that franchise. And this just shows that they're willing to, to to pay to play the game. And maybe that, you know, in the future does them some favors. Some guys are willing to come because they know they're not playing for the, you know, cheap Jerry Reinsdorf. I, I think that's kind of what they're trying to do here. Along with getting some excitement around the franchise again, I think that's that's part of what they're doing. So, By the way, is it a coincidence that the Pelicans lose Anthony Davis and Cleveland lose LeBron, and they happen to get the number one picks like the next year. Yeah, weird how that happened. So it's uh, so odd how those, you know, it just falls right in the Hilariously, floor. Neil Olshay is the one who traded the first-round pick to the Cavs. So. But I'm thanks, actually not going to bust Neil. I'm not going to bust Neil for that. That's, 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 that's actually Donald Sterling. Sterling actually was, was being cheap and needed to get off a deal, and that's how they got off the deal, and it didn't have the protections necessary. Oops. Who, who's the second-worst gym for you? I I don't want to go with Griff because I think it's an untenable situation that he would take over. But I want to I want to kind of dunk on the Wizards here <laughs> because they've been so <laughs> bad yeah. at like keeping any semblance of a rational team together for like more than a year. Yeah. Like, it's John Wall. John Wall gets hurt. Like, yeah, that sucks, and it's unfortunate. But then it's Russell Westbrook. And it's like, okay, and now you're off Russ. And, like, meanwhile, you've got Beal, who's a top 15 player, who's just like, so what's up? And I just. Well, the thing about that, though, I'll at least give them credit. They have a bit of an OKC vibe in this way. They, they've at least been able to move off a couple stars and try it with some different players. Sure. Now, that doesn't mean they've had success and they've been slam dunk great deals. But I, I value a team that says we have Bradley Beal committed. We don't want to open, openly just tank. So how can we make this better? They haven't been the greatest moves. Again, you went Westbrook. You've gone Wall. But I mean, at least they've tried a couple variations. They've I mean, missed, that's my biggest thing. They've missed pretty bad on some draft picks too. Yeah, yeah, they have. So it's. So yeah, that's that's a long way to talk about the second worst team in the league. But yeah. Um, and here's the thing. As much as I beat the living hell out of Neil, I don't think he's, like, one of the five worst GMs in the league. I don't. No, no, no. I, I think there's criticism of the general manager does not mean we're telling you he's the worst. No. But Just, of playoff-centric teams, he's got to be in that conversation. Yes. Uh, of the, the teams over the last eight, nine years who have – and this is where you have to give him some credit that they have been there in that discussion. But – Every other team in that group over the last eight, nine, ten years has gone through a different iteration. They have either, they are either torn down or building back up. Yeah. And they were in a better position for it. And I think that's that's where Neil kind of slots into this. All right, this is another throwback kind of question. Andrew John at AJ underscore VD. Two questions about role players in team history. Who are your all-time favorite end-of-the-bench guys in team history? Who are the guys that you couldn't stand seeing on the court even in garbage time? Who's your Who's your favorite all-timers? Boy, that's a good question. The human victory cigars? 
Chalupa Babbitt is very high on that list. Didn't like him. Didn't like him. Was was he made my skin crawl when he got on the court? <laughs> what was it? Was it the haircut? It was the fact that I too, as a white guy, had to watch the white guy be the victory cigar, and then he showed up on the the court as a victory cigar with knee high socks, as if he's Keith Van Horn's half brother. That the whole mental image just bothers me. You know, he's like thirteenth all time in three point percentage. I he was he was just broken in Portland and he found a nice career through. Honestly, if he plays in today's NBA, he's probably making seventy million dollars. He's probably getting talk about Luke Babbitt making seventy million (laughs) dollars. He's he's getting Norm Powell money. He's getting eighteen a year. He's getting like near Joe Harris money. Come on, that's that's crazy, right? Like that's insane to think about. I, I'm not ready to go there. I, anyways, I don't know where he is, but he is <laughs> no, no, absolutely. Come on, give it to me. No, I just see somebody that really bothered me. I and I also don't. I'm not one that like. I need to have a good story to care about the guy that comes in to hit the three for Chalupas or is the cigar because I just don't normally give a crap. And we always in Portland as much as any other city in the league. I think we sometimes go a little too hard in on the role guy who doesn't really bring actual meaningful value or or the flip side the guy who shows the smallest bit of promise but the coach is just holding him back oh my god i think i like that guy even more that that the, the guy that everybody's like he just needs more burn he just needs more burn and it's like it's that's not the issue guys the perfect guy in this sense and i'm even guilty of it victor claver I loved Victor. Victor's six, not bad. Six foot ten, jump shot looks like it was gifted by Christ Himself, but it never went in. It never went in. It, it, like, it <laughs> looked good every damn time it left his hand. Why? Why does it look so pretty? Him and Martel Webster, just these beautiful jump shots that never. And Vic by. Every account of any person I've ever interacted with who, who coached, played with, played around Vic, like the nicest dude on the face of the planet. And it just did not work. Did not work. So are we going like Joel Freeland type levels Ooh, here? Freeland's a homie. We, we, Free, yeah, Freeland's the guy. British Bulldog gets all of the love. And I, I pissed next to him one time at Henry's. It was great. <laughs> I, I I ran wired up to the to the stall right next to him. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna pee next to this dude. And it was me standing next to six ten Joel Freeland. We were just peeing together. And the crazy thing is, he worked himself from like human victory cigar to he viable did. NBA player, actual role player. I'll give you one that be, obviously became a pretty valuable piece. But in the beginning of it, I I liked it. It was Will Barton. Oh God, yeah. It was Will getting that burn at the end, kind of showing he, he, some he of that He played like three potential. minutes, and he'd get on a breakaway, and you're like, Jesus, what? He'd get his own, he, you know, he'd get a, a defensive rebound and yeah. push in transition and either throw a lob or dunk on somebody, and you're like, okay, I think I see what, what they see at him kind of a deal. And then there's the Victor Kriapas of the world. Yeah, hey, look, Hassan Jins, Ruben Boomshe Boomshe. Hey, listen, th- there, there are so many good names John Crotty. I mean, where do you want to? We could go all kinds of avenues with this. So, Babbitt's the guy you couldn't stand. I'm trying to think of somebody I couldn't stand. 
you've got to have somebody that you were just like, I'm not, I'm not happy. He's a blazer. This is going to suck. Okay. Zach Collins. Yeah. And it had, it had nothing to do with Zach. It had everything to do with Neil and that pick. Yeah, no, I I don't blame you. It's when you're wishing somebody goodbye and telling them they were one of the best bench supporters, I think you're kind of just admitting the quiet part out loud. Yeah, it's like, mm, bye, Zach. And he's, listen, good dude. Like, he came on the show, and I have nothing about him negatively, to, to say negatively about him as, as a human being. And even as a basketball player, he could turn out to be a perfect fine pro. By the way, we got the background on his contract. It made a whole hell of a lot more sense. It's ten million guaranteed. Yeah, I was gonna say years. it's ten guaranteed. Yeah, they can get out of that super easy. It yeah. was a very low risk move by the San Antonio Spurs for yes. added depth at their front court. Come they on. they paid an extra two million dollars for a, basically a retooling, rebuilding team to take a flyer on Zach Collins. Yeah, that's what they did, and that's that's good business. It's it's definitely not the uh, three year twenty two million dollar deal that uh, was. Uh, reported, and that's that's one of those favors you love to hear about in the NBA. Well, that's those deals. We need to remind ourselves every year that when these players, whether the role, you know, like star, super, we we need to remind ourselves we do not know how these contracts are written out because we instantly, it's like the New York Knicks gave out a bunch of deals to a lot of the same role guys they had, and everybody's killing them for it. I'm like, but once we got the details, it was one with a team option. Uh, you know, a one with a non-guarantee deal. on the back. Like, yeah, it was like the easy. language matters. Language matters a lot, and it's an easy tradable asset in most instances that can fill salary cap matching. So it's just like, I know we kill these teams if they don't get the best superstar or whatnot. But like sometimes I think those, if you're not going to go get a star, if you're waiting on Joel Embiid or Zion to come to New York, I I, I don't know if there's a better way to operate. And plus, you were a four seed, so it's like if you make the playoffs again, Nick fans are all the way in. They're they're all the way in regardless. That place, that's just how it. It, it, it just it's a money it gets, printing. It gets machine. dark though. It gets dark it, it there does. sometimes. It gets dark. <laughs> you I, got Charles Oakley getting tossed out. It gets dark there, man. Spike getting run out. Yeah, it's. Oh. Oh, it's like, what are they going to do? They got to run Kelly Coin out of Moda. Like. It's, <laughs> <laughs> shout get out, out of Ke- here, Ian Carmel. <laughs> she, exactly. Shout out Kelly Annie and both friends of the show. So, uh, we'll, we'll actually we we we'll have both of them on the show probably over the summer. So great. Uh, we we we, did, we won't run them out of here. Uh, this is from Matthew at Reverend Rom- Reverend Romulus. Where does the GV three signing leave the team salary wise? Are we likely to see a DJJ trade to cut salary? Do you want me to take the salary question? Yes, I would love you. <laughs> so basically, they did the same thing with Greg Brown as they did with Gary Trent Jr., which is they took money from the TPMLE and they gave the option for the third year. And in doing so, they can get his bird rights, full bird rights, three full years, one, two, three. So you can not many bird, full bird, and you can go over the salary cap to sign him. Greg gets a little bit of extra money, but I believe the way it's structured, his first year salary is going to be under a million dollars, which actually saves the Blazers a little bit more little little bit more cap space. I think it keeps them just under if I if I did my math, I think that puts them at like I think I calculated his deal at like 1.4 originally and the vet min is 1.6, so that freed up an additional like what $500,000 and they were 550 below before that. So now 
the difference between those two is what, 200,000? That's what podcasts are for, hearing me do math out loud. Um, so I think they're about 750 under the cap now, 1,000, and they've got a little under 5 million to use left from the TPMLE. So, well, it's going to be really nice when they get Kevin Love with the rest of that. So that's a real viable, I, I've heard from more than a few people, if he does get bought out. That's the move. I think that's the move. I think if there's anybody. That's there will be other suitors. That's the thing. 100%. Is, and does he want to does he wanna come home? Does he want to come home? And they have this thing because Neil loves getting old white big guys past their prime. Um, do they hold on to the TPMLE? and find a way to sign him with that after after trading Derek Jones Jr. for a salary that's $5 million or less. Or excuse me, uh, $5 million less than basically, or $4.5 million less than what Derek is at in return. I'd have to, it'd be interesting to look at the contenders in the market for someone like Kevin Love, but like when I saw the Greg Brown signing and then I saw your tweet kind of basically explaining all of that, mm-hmm. My first thought was, you know, not making a trade. Dame clearly said the roster wasn't good enough. So how does Neil, at a press conference, how does Neil answer those kind of questions, right? And I thought, the Kevin Love Cleveland thing's looming, and everybody knows it. It's the, it's the loudest He got sent home from Team USA. Yeah, like, like, he's not in a good spot. Cleveland's no. moving in a young direction. They just paid Jared Allen, like... Cleveland, I think, is gonna they're gonna work out a buyout and he'll take a hit, but he'll take some money, and I'm sure there'll be some suitors for him. But he's already told Chris Haynes how much he would love to come back here. And sure, the Dame stuff is uncertain, but that dude's been rotting away in Cleveland without LeBron now for four years. Making very good money though, which Making always makes it easier. <laughs> good money. Come home, live in Laco, right up the road from where you lived, and you know, live the local star NBA player who made it and came back home, like live that life. Cause you know, he'll just pull up next to Channing and call it good. Yeah. That's, that's going to be the move, man. I'm kind of convinced. Like it's kind of one of my secret hot takes. I think they're going to end up getting Kevin love. Oh, I mean, those discussions have, have taken place. Like that's, that's been a thing. And I've heard from most people in Cleveland that they, the discussions about a buyout have been going on since like April. Yeah. So, it's it's about finding a dollar figure that makes sense for both sides, because uh, the Cavs, after Dan Gilbert's Comic Sans letter, didn't have a lot of uh, draw as as Cleveland is not want to do. So they they've had to do a few you know player friendly things to kind of get back in in people's good graces and not looking like that team. So um, I don't think it'll happen till like Christmas though. If I'm being oh, honest. you think it'd be that long? I think it. No, no owner, no matter how much money they have, wants to just write the check. They sure. want, they want to see, can I trade him? Can I trade him? Right. Can I trade him? Right. I don't think they're going to run it up to the deadline though. So, what is the team? Let me. I don't want to derail too long because I do want to get to the questions. But like as quickly as you possibly can, Kevin Love on this team with everybody that we know is going to be on it is what to you. At a vet minimum or TPMLE, a good sign. I assume it's going to be a vet minimum. I think they'll pull more from the TPMLE. I think they sure. will. That, that'll okay. be their – do you want to go win a ring, you know, with Brooklyn and off the bench, or do you want to, you know, come home and we'll give you a little bit more money? I think right, that's, that's right. probably the trade-off. That's, that's a solid signing because I actually said this in June when the, the, the rumblings first came up. If you could get Kevin Love for 
of that man or near or TPMLE, he essentially replaces Cantor and Mello. He's, he's those two guys in one, so you can still keep a better defender on the floor. You can still be more athletic. You don't, you've got a guy who can quite literally space the floor, step out. Yeah. You have an upgrade as a playmaker because he's he, you can run an offense through him, but also as an outlet passer, and he's a phenomenal rebounder. And a guy who finishes around the rim really well. Now, how healthy is he? Can he stay healthy? Is he recovered? You know, that kind of stuff, that matters. But, like, if you got him for, you know, pennies on the dollar, no, that's a solid signing. I hated the love stuff when we talked about just acquiring him via trade because I didn't want to pay that money. Oh no, but, you you knew it was going to go sideways. Well, I'm I'm talking early. Yeah, early, no, no, like, that's what I'm saying. When, like 26, 27, 28 year old Kevin Love, like prime years, like the CJ for love stuff that we had for years. Years it was just like no, no, yeah. and and normally I am I am want to trade small for big, but that one was just a hard no from the jump. I didn't want Dame, CJ, or Love. Like I didn't want you to tell me that that was the three. I think if Love comes here, I like it if they have Nurkic and Norm, because then it's yeah. it's a it's a lineup that if Kevin is healthy, that it would be ridiculous to say that's not a good signing. It's absolutely worth spending a few million on a guy like that because if he's healthy, he can he does, actually impact the game. He impacts and 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 by the way, he spaces them out. He gives them an option from behind behind the arc. You mentioned what he can do on the boards, and I think he's a really good passer. Obviously, we know about the outlet passes, but he's a really good passer. So, I don't know. It, it's just a playmaker and a player that you've needed. And, since, since you lost LaMarcus. And, and you haven't filled it. You didn't fill it this offseason, really. You got Zeller, but you know you need one more big. Maybe it's not Fareed. It's Beasley. We joked about that. I, I really they, am They look so to washed. They, they can't. They, Dude, I think no. it's love. I think he's going to wait out Kevin Love. That's a scary proposition because right now they are really thin at that uh, position. This one's uh, real quick from the nation. If Jack Ramsey's were to get a scallop potato sponsor, would Brandon change his entirely wrong opinion? Brandon, what say you? Uh, Brandon Sprague here for scallop potatoes. Now, they're <laughs> disgusting, but let me tell you about the best disgusting scallop potatoes you could ever buy. No. Just uh, rolled yeah. immediately off the tongue. So I guess we can shout throw out the, uh, is it the Betty Crocker scallop potatoes box? <laughs> That's that. the worst one. Yeah. <laughs> that was what started all of it. it oh, was, was it really? It was Betty Crocker, oh, and I Betty. almost yacked when it got to the back of my throat. Just I've dumb. tried it a bunch of other times, and I've never liked it. But I would welcome them on the pod, and I'd treat them like Jon Stewart used to treat Arby's. That's how that relationship would go. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, <laughs> from at Project Backcountry, if Nurk is playing quarterback of the high post, who's rebounding? The same guys that weren't. Rebounding last year. Rocco. <laughs> yeah, this, Nas. This, uh, DJ. Let's put DJ in there. DJ, go get some it's, more. Uh, yeah. It, that's, this is the problem. This, this, this is why we talk about it. This is why when you only have three guys over 6'7 on the roster. And, and here's the thing. Rebounding is very, very different than it was 20 years ago. Team rebounding is much more important, especially with the volume of threes and how that changes where rebounds fall. Yeah. Longer shots, longer rebounds. So you don't necessarily need somebody who just nom, 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 gobbles up everything. But you can't get your ass handed to you on the glass regularly. Like, that's – got to find some sweet balance. Um, yeah, that's going to be – it's going to be interesting. They're definitely going to be not as good on the offensive glass without Cantor. And I think that – yeah. That's, that's going to pop its ugly head up a couple times this season, I think. Sorry for interrupting. I was just going to say, like, to add to that – we are going to notice that right away. Yeah. 
and people are going to tweet about it and i'm going to be sitting there going yeah i mean obviously we lost maybe the best offensive rebounder in the league and we replaced him with cody zeller yeah Cantor had the second highest finishing rate in the nba i think beyond behind Giannis. when you talk about volume it's like it it's found money and the Blazers trying to find ways to replicate that level of efficiency, even if it is only seven, eight, nine points a night, that's high, high, high efficiency points that are going to be difficult to recover. So it's going to be a little bit weird, especially if Nurk is running the offense a little bit more from the high post, from the elbows, uh, from the mid post, and pulling him away from the rim a little bit. Uh, I think it's going to be a little bit a little bit different from what we've seen. Uh, Harry, at White Guilt 48 odds Ben McLemore was the missing piece all along. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of white guilt in that question. I'll tell you that much right now because, uh, no, there was no chance that he was the missing piece. I, I love he, it. He even thought McLemore was actually the rapper. You know, that's what he was thinking. <laughs> we went thrift shopping. You're not wrong. Yo! Um, God dang. Buzzing. You know, that that's the thing, man. Macklemore is uh, probably not playing. <laughs> not gonna get a lot of burn unless we really are desperate for threes. Just I, super I, small lineup. This just six three, six three or under guards. I wanted to say real quick on the rebounding thing too, mm-hmm. and and maybe like the rotation kind of it will fall into this. Remember, if those guys don't go rebound though, if Macklemore, if Nas, if DJ, whoever's in there, if they're not rebounding because Nurkic is at the high and setting up the offense and running it, they're not going to play, right? Isn't that what Chauncey Billups said? They're just not going to play if they don't give effort? Effort and accountability, baby. Effort and accountability, absolutely. You'd love, you'd love to see it. Uh, hey, Coach Billups, how exactly are you going to hold them accountable? Well, we're, that's fine. That's that's proprietary, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> Let me uh, – actually, Sean, I was I was going down my bingo card of preseason first-year coach <laughs> things to say, and that's, that's actually one of them. It's right next to the free space. <laughs> I love how everybody's just like, yeah, no, this, the, the place, it's good to hear this. And it's like, have you heard every coach, every season, everywhere? We're going to run more. Uh, we put on muscle. Uh, we're healthy going into the season. We're optimistic about our young guys. Uh, we're going to be more efficient. We're going to get into the paint more. And it's like, guys, there's, there's literally a list. Like, if, if you're a media guy, you have a yeah. list that you check yep. them off as you go. And you're like, Ah, he's missing one. Here comes the next point. And it's just, it's that's kind of how it goes. So, uh, do you think Dane will ask for a trade before or after the season starts? And if he does, do they blow the team up? That's from at Jacob Curry. That's the uh, effervescently lovely question. I, I We've talked about this multiple times, and I've gone back and forth of scenarios. I, I wouldn't put anything out of a possibility whether that's before the season although he did just dunk on a laker fan saying there's no chance bet a million bet a million on the he'll be traded to the lakers uh but most likely you got to say after this coming season i think he gives it one more real shot he tries his ass off cj understands it nurk understands it and chauncey i think understands it so they they come together maybe they had a k love down the road uh but ultimately he gives everything and it's kind of one of those if they get bumped at home in round one He's walking off the court, and I think every person in there stands up and goes nuts, almost as if a, we know what's next. Thank you very much. We appreciate everything you gave us. I like how you're just seamlessly working Caleb in there now, like you're trying to speak it into existence. You absolute monster. What else? What else are they gonna do, Danny? What I, are I, they I, gonna do? What What else is there to do? They, he's got to do something, right? They what do need a doing? body there, like bare minimum. But they're they could go over the tax. They could. 
I, I'm not saying they won't, but <laughs> they could theoretically do it. When they've already but, done that? But, but they're just so perfectly freaking close. I know. Like, they were, was it two years ago? They were they were a Yusuf Nurkic bonus away from triggering the cap, and they were puckering. They were it was, puckering. It, it, they were a billion dollar into They were $50,000 away from triggering the repeater tax. Gosh. And it's just like, how, like, and you're sitting there telling you at the same time, you know, the other side of their mouth, oh, we used all the tools at our disposal. And it's like, no, you didn't. You weren't even willing to pay the tax. So any, anytime I see this stuff, it just like, ugh. All right, we're going to wrap these up. Go, try to go a little bit faster. I, I saved the longest ones for last because yeah. I'm an idiot. Uh, yeah. The email questions. Thank you guys for getting these in. These are some long, drawn-out, really precise questions, and you'll love to see it. From Quentin Smith, is it possible, plausible, that Portland could trade Derek Jones Jr. in a second-round pick to OKC for Derek Favors? Uh, the rationality behind it. Portland gets a solid backup big and a player that's actually over 6-7. Bonus points to Quentin. Uh, OKC gets a young guy and another pick at their disposal. If not, who are some guys we can get returned for Derek Jones Jr.? Uh, go Blazers. So, I would. Good question. That's that's probably not bad. Yeah, uh, th- it kind of fits the timeline of both teams. I think OKC has kind of become like this temporary like recovery center for veteran players who are actually still good. Like, okay, I'm gonna go chill here for a bit until somebody decides to pony up, and they're just gonna look. They're they're just working as a middleman. <laughs> I think they've become a rehab facility. To be honest with you, yeah. I think they let these stars and, and borderline stars and borderline rotate. I think they take them because they get draft assets out of this. They've signed Shea to the extension where he could earn 178 to $200 million and and Let me tell you, he's going to fall in the, the $200 because he's getting an all-NBA nod here pretty soon. Dude, he, he's, he's damn close to earning that, no, no doubt about it. But I, I think they have a clear-cut plan. So I actually think that's a really good trade scenario. For both that, sides. For both sides, it makes a ton of sense because you need – a guy like Derek Favors and OKC would more than willing be able to take on DJ. And then if it didn't work out, they're just like, well, your contract's expired. Yeah, that, that's the thing is like, yeah, they can help. They can use that on a, in a, another deal on the same day, kind of a situation. And they'll probably end up getting a first round pick after we give them DJ. <laughs> and we get in a second round pick. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> yeah. That's, what, that's what Sam Presti does. He's, he's got one of those boxes that just like turns it into, into goodness. Uh, this was Sam White. Uh, I've grown up in the Amity McMinnville area most of my life. I've been a Blazers fan for years. With that being said, I do have to agree with Chauncey and want to be more efficient from the three-point line and use Nurk more. We're going to take this point by point. I don't think anybody is arguing against being more efficient or even using Nurk more. Are you against either of those things? No, I... No. So my, my pushback is not that Chauncey said we're going to be more efficient. It's the... He very much sounded like Brian Shaw... Oh, we're going to cut down those threes. We're, like Basically, we're going to play how we played in my era a little bit, and Chauncey's mm-hmm. part of that same era. The Blazers are as effective a team as they are because they get up 40 threes a game. Like, that's... They would take more if they could because it makes sense for them because they have mm-hmm. three... They had four. Un, actually, they have four now. They had five last year when you have Melo in there. Phenomenal three-point shooters. Ant's one of the best catch-and-shoot guys in the league, as crazy as that sounds. Tony Snell is one of the best catch-and-shoot guys in the league. Dame and CJ, two of the best shot-creating three-point shooters in the league. Norm Powell, one of the best corner three-point shooters in the league. Mm-hmm. They have shooters. And Chauncey wants to talk about getting downhill and doing this and that. 
but they don't necessarily have the guys to get downhill into the paint. So, yeah. When you look at that, that's I think that's that's the pushback, right? Yeah, I think it's fair to. I think it's first of all the listener's point. You know, I get it. Like, I, I want a I want high end efficiency. I'd like to see Nurkic, you know, more at the top, facilitating handoffs while picks or back cuts and and beautiful passes. I think Nurkic mm-hmm. is more than capable. That we've seen that, but the efficiency stuff. It's like I I don't know how much of that really is you need to cut it down. It's just more so that extra pass maybe once in a while. So maybe that does cut it down because it's not as quick a shot. But like we mentioned this on the last spot, Mello had plays so many times. I can't even count them where there'd be that one more pass from Mello to anyone. insert anyone. <laughs> and that's, it's an even cleaner open look. Can Chauncey get that stuff? Because to me, outside of, you know, facilitating with Nurk, Dan, I, I don't know what other options he's going to have. He can talk about being more efficient and cutting three pointers down, but this team is one of the most efficient offenses in the entire league, and they thrive on shooting the three point ball. So early and often, early and often. And and by the way, Dame, CJ, Rocco, these are old dogs. And what do they say about old dogs? They're not great at learning new no. tricks, man. Like Dame has been operating. At it's the top less of the buy-in league. and more trust. And that's I think that's what's going to be the bigger storyline this year when it comes to Chauncey. It's just tough for me to go all in and say Chauncey's this, Chauncey's that. I like what I'm hearing about some of these things, but as we're mentioning, these are things that new coaches say all the time to make it look or feel more confident. And I think it's cool if people feel more excited about Chauncey because the Stott stuff got stale. But talking about being an off an efficient offense and cutting through, it's easy to say that right now in August. It's, it's very difficult to, to that. practice. Wait till November if they're like two and six. Are we still doing what Chauncey wants? Or are we doing what Dame's going to want to do? You know what? I'm going to put you on the spot. We, we've okay. talked about this a little bit. Yeah. They're either going to get the, the big coach push or the big coach goose egg. What's it going to be coming out of the gate? We don't have the schedule yet, right? No. I just I, I think it's going to go one of two ways. They are going to fall in their face hard, or they're going to come out of the gate screaming. They're, I'll tell you right now, I, I said this, and I, I'm going to stick to it, unless something comes out and I'm just going to be panicking. <laughs> Dame said... What? Uh, they're going to come out, I think, playing well. I do think some of those guys, the Stotts voice, kind of just, it was background noise at that point. Yeah. It wasn't really getting through. I did like the way they played going into the playoffs. I think they play well because here's the thing. They almost always end up being a decent regular season team. So I just, I think they're going to continue to be what they are, a, a a good, not great regular season team that's somewhere in the middle of the pack and fingers crossed that the playoff matchup's great because otherwise I don't have a lot of faith in them. So for your question, I don't think they'll fall on their face. I don't think Dame, CJ, and Nurk playing together is a fall on face. I just think they have some maybe stupid losses where you go, how did you lose to Kate Cunningham by himself? And Jeremy Grant, like, what was that about? And then I think they're also going to have some upsets the way they did when Gary Trent got benched and then single-handedly dismantled the Lakers. I think they're one of our stupid games this year, this past season. That's for sure. Just insane. The Lakers look like they didn't care about that game, but to answer your question in a long-winded way, I think they come out with the latter. I think they come out hungry and ready to play. 
Well, hungry and ready to play, and that's the name of the game here on the Jack Ramsey's podcast. You like that? That's, that's my official transition right there. I'm like terrible it. at these. You, that's why. That's why you host. That's that's why uh, freaking Joe Simon's hosts. Every time, <laughs> every time I have to do something like that, and I try to do some corny bit that he, that both you guys, seemingly do just with unbelievable ease. It, it's always a disaster. So what do you what do you think then? Are you pick which one are you picking? Because you sound like I, if look, I'm a listener because I'm here with you. Mm. But I'm gonna tell you right now, as a listener with the other listeners, it's mm. you sound like somebody that thinks they're falling on their face. I'm. I'm 70-30 that they're going to do well. But the 30 is they are going to absolutely eat it. Like, just, oh boy, the, the Dame dark clouds looming over everything. Everybody's just like, nah, man, I'm not about that. I got my money. Then you need to fire Neil as soon as that happens. That's, again, But, I mean, we, we know that's a different <laughs> topic. So. Again, 70% of me says they're, they're going to come out and do it. But that'll, that'll change once I see the schedule, too. We'll how, how quick goes. How quick before we get a a chant in the Moda Center this year, assuming for, we have full capacity? For Dame? Um, no. Like, are we going to get a anti-anybody chant in the crowd this year? Uh, I think you're going to get an Olshay sucks. I think that'll it, happen. Is he, is he sitting courtside with, like, Burt Cold and Chris McGowan? One can hope. Boy, that's gonna be really awkward. I, I let's say if we get to around the trade deadline and things start to get loud around Damian Lillard, yeah, I, I think you could hear that. I mean, if he traded Damian Lillard oh, just God. in general, you know? I mean, he couldn't even show up to the games. No, He'd have to no, sit somewhere and no, he probably legitimately they'd have to bring him in underneath. Like they, they no, yeah, that'll be a disaster. And that's how we like to end things here. On I know. Hey, I thought we were good. To, like I thought we were some positive right stuff. There and Can I just throw out real quick? I'm gonna do this yeah. very fast. I looked up summer league stats with Blazers over mm-hmm. the, the the you know the past couple years. Like Dame was obviously amazing. Dame and, was uh, unreal. Whew, he solidified your feeling. He was like, oh my like, god, you're like yeah, guy. Weber State, and you saw him. You're like, oh Weber State, yeah, good good school, good school. I will always think in my heart of hearts, Pooh Jeter didn't get a fair shake in the oh, NBA. Oh God, that will Pooh always be I loved Pooh. But Telfair, I ended up, I looked up his stats. Telfair had a really good summer league. He yeah. had 112 points. He had 24 dimes. He had a couple saucy dimes, too. He did. He And, and I, man, that was one that I, again, I, I thought he was going to cook, mainly because I watched through through the... Uh, the doc? The, the, what was it? Through the fire? Was that what it was called? I think that's what it was. Through I wanted to say through the wire, but that's Kanye. Uh, I think I watched that doc like 10 times, and I'm not exaggerating. I think I legitimately watched it start to finish 10 times. Oh, you paid such close attention to get here with the damn time. Dude, and then he came into just sports when I was working one day, and this was before he was like, done, done. Yeah. And I was like, I watched this dude's doc. I thought he was raw in high school when I got to see him play. I grabbed his uni off of the top, and I was like, would you sign this? And he, I still have it. I need to frame it. It's one of the more random dumb jersey that's, signings I that's have. a great one though so do you like so you bought random. it like you bought the jersey after you after you well, we got it? we got discounts for working there so it was like you know people would pay 80 bucks for those jerseys i get it for like 40 so i'm like i gotta pay 40 dollars 40 bucks it's got an autograph yeah. just in case whatever hey yeah. just in case he's good at least i got it so i'll wrap on this i'm glad that i was literally overseas in afghanistan when they drafted him <laughs> 
Oh, you hated it that much? Oh God. I was I was a Chris Paul guy. I oh, so, well. so obviously, yeah, Chris Paul. So the... uh Armed Forces Network, we got a lot of, like when we would watch basketball overseas, we got a lot of ACC basketball. Yeah. And so I got to watch Chris Paul in that class kind of coming up and I was like, I like this kid. I like this kid a lot. So he, I mean, look, I'll tell you, I was a big uh, ACC fan because I, I grew up, like, with UNC, so I always liked Tar Heels. Yeah. that That's a dude that you would watch him, and he had some dirty-ass plays, but, man, I would watch Since him. Since the jump. That, that dude is the real deal, Holyfield. But, yeah, that was that was the – you could have had D. Will or Chris Paul, you know, uh, situation, but they took Telfair the, the year before. Um, and, and they eliminated they were, themselves. Yeah. And, and then they just... said, let's team up Martell with Sebastian. Back to back bad high school picks, man. Yeah, those high school picks came back to bite them. All right, let's get you out of here because we want to get you off the clock. Sprague, let them know where yeah. they can find you and what you got coming up, buddy. Uh, all right, busy, busy week. This is actually the last week of work for me because I'm flying to Hawaii a week from today. Everybody's going to Hawaii. God dang. I, I know. I saw, I saw Simons is, is still there. But, happy birthday, Joe Simons. Enjoy Hawaii. Hey, happy birthday. Um, so I'll be out. So this is going to be a big week on the pod. Catch all our stuff. We got uh, stuff coming up this week. And send all your questions to the Gmail account as well. Uh, it's just Jack Rams- jackramseys at gmail, right? Jackramseys at gmail.com. Yep. There you go. Send the questions at jackramseys.com. And then we'll get to all of them. Really good questions today. And then we got a lot more to come uh, on the radio show, 6 to 9, on 1080 The Fan. And I got my uh, third episode of Back to the Futures on the BetQL Network Friday at Eight o'clock Pacific. Eight o'clock Pacific. Love to see it, guys. Uh, make sure you support Brandon at Brandon Sprague across social media uh, and on ten eighty. The fans six to nine every morning. As always, folks. I am Danny Morang at Danny Morang across all social media platforms except for on Instagram because it's still at D Morang because squatters exist. Are you on TikTok? I am. I have not TikToked. Like I have the account. You're on TikTok. Yeah, I felt dirty doing it. Uh, I felt too dirty to even download it. I, I was I, like, no. So I've downloaded it and reinstalled it, downloaded it, reinstalled it. You know, I just kind of like deleted it, taken it off. And it's like, Danny, I think it popped up on my phone and mm. said, please uh, tell us if you are under 15 years old. I felt just weird answering yes or no on that You're question. Like, what, what, are there a lot of people under 15 on here? No, I don't want to be on here. Then. Am I not supposed to be here? Like, what's going <laughs> on? Did I show up to a high school party? Basically, yes. That's, 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 that's what it is. Uh, so... While I do have a TikTok account, <laughs> there's nothing there. So there you go, folks. Uh, as always, thank you all for listening so, so very much. We Kevin Love! Where, Kevin Love! <laughs> wherever you find your podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Megaphone, uh, Google Podcasts, we are everywhere. Like, rate, review. Thank you so, 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 so much to everybody who has already reviewed the podcast. You guys have said some uh, incredibly nice, incredibly kind, and entirely untrue things about both of us. Uh, <laughs> but we love you all so we very do. much. Uh, we do. Until next time, guys, this is Jack Ramsey. He's part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. We will catch you next time. Bye. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. 
That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.